Welcome back. Welcome back. We have the second installment of Touch Me by Angelina Lopez, and we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But before then, I was going to tell you something weird I was doing. Okay. So a while back, I lost my cat, right? Mm -hmm. And I went a little crazy. I got in trouble with the postmaster general here in town. Did I ever tell you guys that? No. (laughs) Okay. So what I lost. Okay, when I lost the cat, mm-hmm. I made flyers, and I probably put out around. Hold on, wait a minute. Did you put them on the yeah. mailbox? No, in the mailbox. I knew uh, I was supposed to. Uh, I didn't care. You didn't care. <laughs> two hundred and fifty, and you may say you think two hundred and fifty is like that. Sounds like a lot, but think of two hundred and fifty around a country house. Yeah, that's a lot. I of hate. That's a lot of drive and a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hit everywhere. I went and I made these huge signs and I even made the signs and then I taped them. So it could, the rain couldn't get them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I put them in certain locations. Highways mm-hmm. got closed down because of construction. I moved them. <laughs> My dad helped me like barbed wire them up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I was obsessively looking for this cat okay. and I was on these websites where people would put up where I had enough reward for it and people would mm-hmm. put up um these signs like I thought I'd found him and then it mm-hmm. wasn't him and it was like this big ordeal but people would put up the lost I found this cat and then mm-hmm. you would uh you could say oh my god that might be my cat so every day I would check it I would check my area to see if somebody oh, okay Okay. Every morning, it was first thing I did. There's three different websites. I checked them. It was just like a routine. Mm-hmm. So finally, I get the cat back. Okay. Comes back. Shows shows up again. And when I smell him, he smells like somebody's fucking house. Nuh-uh. And he smells like somebody's dog. No, like I could smell. You know, I picked him up and I thought he would smell like the outside. Yeah, yeah. I could tell he'd lost some weight. They probably weren't giving him wet food. Yeah, and whoever, <laughs> I think somebody let him in and wouldn't let him back out. As no shit. So when and he ended up getting out somehow. Yeah. But when I picked him up, I smelled like a house. I was like, mm-hmm. you don't. When he comes home, a lot of times when he when I used to let him out, motherfucker's not allowed outside. No more. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. But um, <laughs> he would smell like the outside. He smelled good. Mm-hmm. I liked the smell of yeah. him when he came in. It smelled good. Yeah. But I could smell a house. And I thought, even as well, I was like, there's a fucking dog on him. I can smell it. And yeah. I, was like, I know, too. So now, every day when I wake up since he's come back, I flipped it. I go on this website. And I put, because I know these motherfuckers had to know he was missing. There's no way. He was on the carny billboards. He was in the gas station. Yeah. He was in signs. I look for people to maybe post on the websites that Uh this cat, like I'm looking for a lost picture of my own cat. Yeah. So I can track these people down. What? Like, so I'm waiting for them to put him up on the website. 
Like, cause you can put, like, I put peanut butter up. Oh, on there. okay. So you and think they're going to put a picture of so peanut butter the, up and be like, I always check the people. Like, I, my cat was up there, but I always checked whoever found. I didn't check uh-huh. lost because yeah, mine yeah. lost. Uh-huh. But now I'm checking the lost. Because you want to know which motherfucker had them. Yes. <laughs> Everyone, it's like obsessive. I'm like, I need to stop doing this. I'm like, no, they could put him up here. So you out. did all this searching, and this motherfucker just wandered back to your house. Mm-hmm. He knew the Rob way home. Scared the shit out of me. That's why I think somebody had him. Yeah. It was four o'clock in the morning, and of course, what do I think of somebody screaming at four o'clock in the morning? I'm like, there's another fire. Yeah. <laughs> you have such a bad track record with. Fires. And he <laughs> walks in, and he's like holding the cat, and I'm like waking up. He's like. This just came in the door. <laughs> Special delivery. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? Why well, I take two Xanax to go back to sleep after that? Oh my god! But yeah, he just showed back up. But now I'm trying to find who had him because someone had him. Mm-hmm. And had him for a while, right? Like, I how think long was so. he missing for? Six weeks, I think. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, and I had, I don't even want to say the obnoxious reward I had out on for him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, whatever gets people's attention, you know, yeah. but the crazy thing is he just waltz back up on his own. So that's why, I, like, why would anybody post that he's lost if they're seeing this reward, why wouldn't they Maybe want the not. reward? Why wouldn't they want the reward? I think because the reward was only on social media. Okay. So they may not have seen it in the pictures. Like when I got desperate mm-hmm. is when I posted a big reward. I thought, yeah. well, somebody had, let me post a reward for money. Yeah. And see if somebody was like, all right, I'm giving him back. Mm. So, but Damn. no, I think he got back out. Of whoever's mm-hmm. house he was in. He got sneaky. Yeah. He got out and he came back home. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is not my place. I need the wet food. I need the where wet the, food. Where the fuck is the wet food? <laughs> so what happened with the postmaster general? Oh, so she <laughs> called and I didn't return her call. Obviously, when the you get a message <laughs> and it's like, this is the postmaster general. Why she got a seat off of Carney? <laughs> but I know who she is. So, like a few weeks ago, I went in there and I was talking to her. So, you know, I sometimes send books mm-hmm. and crap like that. I've had to yeah. send boxes that I've messed up. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, Tracy, because she was working the front desk. I was like, you know, that time you called somebody about a cat, and you were like, stop putting newsletters and the things I'm putting. <laughs> She's like, seriously? I was like, I stopped. After I got your message, I didn't do it no more. Because I did it multiple weeks in a row. Like, I, I kept bet you expanding did. the searches. <laughs> and they probably were like, all right, this is enough. No, this bitch will not stop. Like, they let me get away with it for, like, a week or two. And then, like, the third week, they're like, all right. That's enough. Done. That's enough, Melissa. That's enough. <laughs> She's like, are you serious? I was like, as soon as you left the voicemail, I stopped, I swear. <laughs> That's what it did. It. Like, okay, it got real after that. <laughs> but right. then I was like, what if you tape them to the mailboxes? <laughs> well, I mean... 
you can't put them on the mailbox at all, right? Oh, like they no. can't go, yeah, they can't go them. in it or on it. You can put it on someone's door. I don't live in an area to where I can go to your doors. Mm-hmm. For one, I could get shot. I was gonna say in, in rural like even Missouri, my house is like three to four to five blocks away from the road. Yeah, yeah. It's actually what triggered my panic attack. Mm-hmm. Going out because I realized there was a whole area I didn't know existed. And then mm-hmm. I had like this overwhelming control, like loss of control mm-hmm. or whatever. But that fucking cat. <laughs> well, I'm just glad he's back. Even if he did it, had to do it on his own. He had to Houdini he out. He escaped. He escaped. All right. I've got some lady listener emails today. Let's do it. All right. This one's entitled Marriage Proposal Story. Hey, ladies, I saw your post about proposal stories. I actually have five. I read the beginning of this and I was like, okay, I need to know the whole story. That's right. I've been proposed to five times by five different men. I honestly don't know whether to be proud of that or just really embarrassed. Proud. Proud. I think it's proud. Shit's made of gold. Um, I'll just give you a little taste of what I was working with. Proposal number one came while I was still in college. My high school boyfriend proposed in my dorm room freshman year. He couldn't even take me outside to ask. I said, no, it didn't feel right. He should have dumped me then, but for some reason he decided to stick with me and I didn't have the heart to say no and dump him. I mean, I'm not a monster, LOL. It was awful, though, because he had warned everyone he was going to ask all night. And so he got messages from friends asking about it. We broke up later in the year. Yeah. Oh, my God. Proposal number two came while I was sick as hell with a head cold, sitting on a bed, wearing a ratty sweatshirt and barely comprehending what was happening. It was December 30th, not even New Year's Eve. He claimed that he couldn't wait another day. He should have. (laughs) Proposal number three um, was in Mexico. We took a beautiful vacation, and I commented on the fact that the sunset was pretty cool. I shit you not, his response was, you know what else is pretty cool? And cue the ring. Ugh, I still don't know why I said yes to that one. Oh, she said yes. <laughs> so there was still more. Girl, I, I, I understand that one. <laughs> I understand that one because I was proposed to in Florence, Italy on Christmas Day after a beautiful rush. You, you have no choice. You're on a vacation. Oh, my God. But to say yes. And yeah. then you're going to have to break it off when you get back. <laughs> oh, man. Proposal number four happened while I was vacuuming the bedroom. Could you turn that off for a minute? Down on one knee. Propose, propose, propose. Boo. That one actually got me down the aisle. Only to end in an epic divorce soon after. Oh, God. And finally, the last one. My current husband. I finally found a man who paid attention. He took me for a trial ride. I'm upset. A trail ride. I'm obsessed with horses. And proposed while we were out in a field. He had a beautiful ring. And he said thoughtful words, which I can't remember now. But the sentiment remains. Then he took me to a secret dinner that he had planned with my brother who knew uh, who he knew would be the first person I would want to tell still brings tears to my eyes because he truly thought about what would be special for me. Maybe you'll read this on the podcast and maybe you won't, but I want to tell you that I love everything you do. Um, That's so sweet. (laughs) And ladies, I honestly sometimes listen to the podcast just to hear you talk and I won't say your name just in case. 
That's sweet. Oh, I yeah. love that. This one's entitled Proposal Story. I must have asked for proposal stories when I clicked on these. Mm-hmm. Hey, ladies, here's my proposal story. Me and my husband met August 2006, had our first son in May 2008, and got pregnant again nine months later. She did like the scary phase, like, ah! <laughs> After a very traumatic pregnancy and even worse labor, our second baby boy came rushing into the world literally two minutes after they broke my water. On the 5th of November, 2009, the hospital where he was in special care had a jewelry shop where my husband picked out a ring. He told my mother and grandmother he was buying the ring to which they started saying he should propose, which I later found out he planned to do. But being the stubborn man he is, wouldn't because they told him he should. (laughs) He gave me the ring as a present, but didn't propose. I was putting the washing in the dryer one day in January 2010, and out of the blue, he announces we should get married after him saying since we met, he would never get married. No ring, not a really, not really a question and nothing romantic about it. We've been married nearly seven years now and have three beautiful boys. We're more in love now than ever. He's still not the most romantic man in the world, but he's an amazing husband and father and I wouldn't change him for anything. Thank you for the amazing podcast and books. Loyal lady listener. I'll just say Jay. Sweet. You know what though? Like I think maybe, I don't know if it's just age that comes along with it or experience, but I've just come to realize like romantic gestures are lovely and they, that feels good. I know what you're about to say. Yeah. But having somebody that's a great partner and a dad that listens, that helps, that is there for you. I know it sounds strange. You come downstairs and the dishwasher is already undone or they brought up your laundry Mm because he knows that I like to wear the same sports bra. So he makes sure it's washed up for when I woke up in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, silly things like that. that, Knowing what I would want Mm -hmm. on the menu before, Mm -hmm. you know, to order before I sit down or. Yep. Those are the things that besides like, I don't know if he did like rose petals up the stairs and stuff. I'd be like, we're going to clean this up. going to clean this up. Yep. That'd be my I first I would have rather have thing. those in her face. You could have said like a mess. <laughs> you killed all these flowers just to make a mess. <laughs> no, I feel the same way. Yeah. But again, maybe that's just age and experience. I don't know. But, you know, when I was younger, I I think I used to think that, you know, romance meant so many other things than it actually does, because it truly is like the little things. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If you're younger and you're listening to this, just take that. Um, This one, I don't know what it's entitled. I didn't get the whole thing. It's cut off at the top. Um, Oh, listener in the wild and sleepover stories. I just love you ladies so much, and thank you for this awesome podcast. I listen to you mostly after my boys go to school. They're 10 and 7, so I don't end up with a mishap. Thank God I haven't had one yet. (laughs) But they know mom is listening to her not-kid-appropriate books, lol. So here's my sleepover story. Preteen sleepover, middle school, mid-90s. A girl I was friends with came to spend the night, and we decided to play Truth or Dare. I don't remember who dared who, but she ended up on top of me and we were making out pretty heavily with some groping. Oh my God, I didn't see it going in that direction. That was the first time I made out with anyone. That that night confirmed that I was bisexual. We never talked again after that. Oh no, that's sad. Fast forward to my teens, early high school, 2000. I hadn't come out as bad to my parents yet, so I used to sleep over to have heavy makeout session with my girlfriends or friends that wanted to explore. 
wink. <laughs> I knew as soon as I came out to the, I knew as soon as I came out, the sleepovers would stop. When I did, my parents thought it was a phase and didn't believe me and just ignored it. The sleepovers didn't stop. Thanks for letting me share. I never get to. My husband hates hearing about my past partners, male or female. P.S. You can totally say my name. I've been out for years, except my parents still don't believe it and we don't talk about it. Stephanie. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad Stephanie felt like she had a safe place to tell that story. You know, it's interesting you know, hearing that now from that perspective, I'm like, oh my God, that's great. But then I'm thinking, oh my God, my kids are so young. I don't want them to do that. You know, I don't want them to experiment like that, but they're going to, I mean, they're kids. They have all they these do. crazy ideas. And I, I can't even tell you what Isabel said to me the other day in the car. Cause it's so, weird. I don't know how to, I'm still trying to process it. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yes. <sighs> I don't even she said to me, and this is a, a girl who is a full lesbian, mm-hmm. a full lesbian. She mm-hmm. is not attracted to boys. The sight of a co- cock like makes her like cringe. <laughs> said, and then she went in a circle around when we tried to talk about it for a minute, but then I okay. kind of backed away. She said, I don't believe you're born gay. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that. I mean, I'm, I can't tell. That's like someone telling me that they're like born a Christian. I, I just, I, I can't know. decide that for you. I just know that I don't believe that. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just, if I had a choice, there's no way I'd pick men. I know that's what I said to her. And she said the same thing. I said, I'm not attracted to breasts. And she's like, I'm attracted to breasts. And I'm like, well, don't you think you were always attracted to breast and she's like yes like I remember liking muscles I was like did you like muscles because you wanted muscles mm-hmm. I don't know I again like how old is she you know maybe this is something that she just has to experience yeah I mean know? that's why I didn't know how to say around it like yeah I was very yeah. like I'm mm-hmm. not yeah well I think you know, sexuality a lot of times is just based on the person's experience. And that's true. You know, so it's like, how do I, you know, truthfully, how do I know I don't like women if I've never had a sexual encounter with a woman? I have had some experience with a woman, but it, it wasn't my thing. It didn't do it for me. So I didn't go any further. <laughs> I've had sex with a woman and it did not turn me on. I can do it. It doesn't yeah. bother me. It doesn't gross me out. Yeah. I can, but, but I think you don't, I don't necessarily think you have to experience it in order to understand it. But I do feel like sexuality is your own individual experience, you know, maybe not like a, a physical experience you share with someone, but maybe what you feel and what you see and what's, you know, what you accept, that's your own experience. So I don't know. I mean, maybe she's still she figuring say, it out. She was like, if I could pick it, she said I wouldn't be gay. No. And I go, really? You want to be with this? Like, the boys in the car? <laughs> and she's like, not really. <laughs> boys are gross. Say it forever. <laughs> but no, you're you're making the right choices, Bill. You're doing the right thing. <laughs> but, yeah. It was just an interesting comment. I didn't, and we've gone in a circle for a little bit, but I guess that's something. Mm-hmm. 
she can do with therapy because I'm not qualified. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't be speaking on it because I'm not qualified to do it. But I do think that that it's very personal, like how you experience your own sexual growth. And maybe for her, this is something she's just got to go through until she realizes, you know what? I am born this way, you know? Because I, because at the same token, I do do it to a degree believe that it has been ingrained into me. What is I'm supposed to think is pretty. Yeah. What I'm supposed to be attracted to like that mm -hmm. has been like, brainwashed into my head like when yeah. some of the knee-jerk reactions we still have like the yeah. the need to stand up for a man when somebody says something that whole like mm -hmm. trying to check yourself of those mm -hmm. things yeah and you know what's pretty and like you say what's not like what's considered beautiful you know what what is a beauty standard what has that been set for us for so long that that's what we see now you know it's, you know what though, it's one of those things too, where it's like, uh, I, I don't have the right answer for it, but I know that being aware of it is a big part of it, you yes. know, like being aware of, you know, beauty standards and what we, what we discuss is beautiful and, and what we celebrate and what is represented. And it's like, Oh man, we just really, it, we fucked some kids up back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? We like, it's like there's generations of kids that were just so fucked up from the media. So I don't know. God, I just hope like Isabel and her generation like come through and just blaze new trails for all of us. I know. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's talk about Angelina Lopez in the second installment of Touch Me. I mentioned it earlier on Tuesday's episode, but I just want to say again, um, check out her new release after hours on Malargo Street. It comes out July 26th. That's the one. Um, it's a small town, high heat, Latinx contemporary romance about a badass bartender who returns home to claim the family bar and finds a head in the clouds, but hot professor standing in her way. Think Hallmark with fucking, which yes. sold it for me right there. <laughs> um, you can get all the details on AngelinaLopez.com, AngelinaMLopez.com on her website. And don't forget to check out, if you like this, what you're listening to today, the second installment of Touch Me, don't forget to check out her series, Filthy Rich, and also enter this week's giveaway for a chance to win a signed paperback of After Hours on Malarco Street. All right. So that's it. Let's send you guys in. We'll see you on the other side. The fact that there were no more out-of-office meetups during working hours in no way impeded his long looks and heavy glances. To anyone else, Ray Morgan looked completely professional while they sat around the conference table. But no one had studied his heavy-lidded, black-lashed bedroom eyes like Marisol had. She couldn't count how many times she'd looked up from the documents to find him running that big fingertip over his lower lip while he watched her, or staring over the edge of his document at the gleam of her shoulder in a sleeveless dress, the push of her breasts against her blouse, or the stroke of her thumb over the back of her hand. He watched her like she was a box of chocolates and he was on keto before one of the prize fighter movies that wrecked his body. He spoke to her about anything other than the deal they were working on whenever the ebb and flow of their staff allowed him to. Once, 
while waiting for documents to be checked and signed and photocopied and notarized. They'd ended up alone at the conference table. Your staff, he began, tilting that perfectly shaped skull at her. His hair and beard were speckled with silver that his stylists wisely convinced him not to cover. How do you maintain a mythic status with them while getting them to adore you? She focused on the document in front of her to avoid letting him see how his admiration fed her. I pay them well, praise them, work to make sure they have room for healthy personal lives, offer them appropriate guidance on new challenges, and trust them to do their jobs. Can I send a few directors your way? I've never worked with anyone so talented. The warm glow of his praise felt like a beam of sunlight. She didn't want that here. Another time, they'd both been late for one of their meetings. While the team had waited upstairs, they'd ridden up the 38 floors together on an empty elevator. You ever think about making one of the smart women who work for you a partner? He said, leaning on the sidewall, watching her unabashedly. Sharing some of the load? Why would I do that? She asked sharply, keeping her eyes on the rising numbers. You work very hard, he said quietly. His voice could have vibrated apart the elevator cables. I bet your husband doesn't even know how hard. He's busy working hard too, she said. Eight, nine, ten. He's never needed to know. Work stays at work. He's very successful. That drew her eyes on him. So? He stopped a moment. He was a big, muscular man she could barely see the elevator wall behind. He still looked weary. You two have plenty of resources if you want to take it a little easier. She turned to face him fully and put her hands on her hips. She would have hefted her tits at him if not for the security cameras in the elevator. Security could not hear her words. Would you say that to me if I wasn't the spouse with a vagina, Mr. Morgan? Would you recommend that he step back from his career so that he could take it easy, like all he was good for was eating bonbons and watching telenovelas? Hey, he said, pushing off the elevator wall to step up to her. That's not what I was suggesting at all. Then what were you suggesting? She had to tilt her head back to look up into a scowling face. It shouldn't have aroused her. You're stressed, he said. I don't like seeing you stressed. You wouldn't see me stressed if you didn't insist on coming to every meeting with your team, she said. You're the one who keeps putting us in that conference room together. He was the one that kept forcing this situation, forcing his way into her work life and forcing her to like seeing him there. Forcing her to say the things she didn't want to say. The cold hard truth, Mr. Morgan, is that nothing in this life is guaranteed. Her hardworking single mother's death when she was 16 obliging her to juggle work and school and 
taking care of her younger brother, since they were an expense none of their extended family could afford, certainly had taught her that. We could have another 2008 crash, she said. My husband's career might go belly up. He could decide to trade me in for a younger model. Ray Morgan's expressive face hardened impressively. He would never be that stupid. Nothing is guaranteed, she purred. If he'd grabbed her to kiss her then, she would have let him. She could see his big hands twitch at his sides with the impulse. But the kiss wouldn't have been about passion. It would have been about control. His effort to wrench it from her. Her desire to trust him with it, if only for the span of an elevator ride. The only variable I can predict is me, she said. What I do, how hard I work. You don't like to see it? Then stop coming here. The elevator doors dinged and she stepped away from movie star Ray Morgan before someone besides the building's well-paid and discreet security guards could see them panting on each other. He did not stop coming to their meetings. He didn't stop watching her and idly playing with his bottom lip when he did so. He didn't stop asking about who she, Marisol Gutierrez, was as a woman and boss and master of her own ship. But he never suggested again that she take it easy. The movie star's husky words, turn the fuck over, rocketed down her spine. Trembling, she stayed where she was. We shouldn't do this, she whispered, her face still in the donut. Why? His growl was like his big finger running up between her legs. I like my marriage the way it is, she said. I don't want anything to change. Fuck that, he cursed. I want to shake up your marriage. Part of her wanted to grab him. Part of her wanted him to dominate and free her from the decision. His hand settled on the bed next to her body. He sighed heavily through his teeth. Let me finish the massage, he said. Just let me finish. If this is the only way you'll let me take care of you, let me do this. Who was strong enough to say no when Ray Morgan begged? The quick nod of her head was the only consent he was getting. With a caring touch, he untucked the heavy flannel from around her body, held it high so that her nakedness was blocked from his view, and waited for her to turn over onto her back. She scooted down until her head was on the bed before he folded the sheets over her, then tucked her in. She kept her eyes closed. She heard the squeak of the stool as his weight settled on it. He detached the donut. Then he rolled closer, slid his hands under her head, and cradled it. He held her head for a long moment, and it took everything in her not to open her eyes. This was totally normal. She'd had masseuses hold her head in their hands as a way to center them and herself, as a way to express their intentions. What did Ray Morgan intend? He straightened, the stool creaking beneath him, and breathed out a long, deep breath. Then, 
Ray Morgan's huge hot hand slid slowly under her shoulders and down her back, using her own weight to press her against the massage of his palms and fingers. Until he reached her waist, fingers spread and thumbs in the curve of her. She was all but cradled in his superhero arms. Near her ear, he said, I heard your husband is a good guy. She could smell his cologne, a light sandalwood. The scent was her absolute favorite. The best, she whimpered, her head lolling, as Ray Morgan began a slow and erotically delicious stroke back up. Then why do you cry alone in your office? That was private, she moaned. When his thumbs stroked lightly against her sides, they sent a pleasurable threat that had her hips rolling. There's private, and then there's you working yourself into an early stroke like your mom, he growled against her ear. I could kick his ass for not looking out for you better. He's busy, she tried again. He took care of us when I was in school, and then getting my career up and running. It's my turn. At her shoulder blades, rather than easing up and giving her poor, shivering body a break, he pushed his hands back down again, back down to hold the small of her back in his hands. His trim beard brushed her cheeks. Baby, you take all the turns you want. He worked her flesh and muscle. Just lean on him a little more. He moved so slow. He felt like the continental plates shifting beneath her to give her pleasure. He's a big guy. He can take it. She felt like she was floating above the bed. And if you can't lean on him at home, his fingers came up over her shoulder blades, rubbed over her shoulders, trailed up her neck, and combed through her short curls as he lifted her head. Lean on me here, he growled into her ear. She literally flailed at the pleasure. I think my hour's up, she gasped. If he dragged his hands down her back one more time, she was going to come. If he held her one more time, she was going to cry. Don't, he said, desperate. She could feel his breath on her lips, knew if she opened her eyes, she would see his gorgeous face hovering over hers. Please don't, baby. Let me touch you. Let me take care of you. I don't want to change anything. I just, let me give you what you need, at least right now, at least tonight. He was extracting her control, not with his huge body or dominant commands, but with the naked hunger in his voice. What do you think I need? She whispered. A break. He nuzzled her cheek. With someone you can let go with. Someone you can trust. Trust. She opened her eyes to stare into his midnight ones. I hate that you fucking cry alone in this office. But if that's what you need, let me make you cry out. In a different way, just tonight. 
Let me be the best fucking fantasy of your life. Then you can go home and forget. Kiss your husband and act like nothing ever happened. Like nothing's changed. Ray Morgan had come digging into her life in a way she'd never expected him to. He had a comfortable existence. There had been no reason for him to come to her conference room, to work so hard to get to know her there. She could never go home and forget the man who'd worked to get to know her inside and out, then secretly learned a skill so he could offer her relief. Nothing was guaranteed. But she could no longer deny him. She laughed like a sob. You've been the only fucking fantasy I've had since I was 18, she said. Sometimes I think I dreamed you up from staring too long at my teen beat magazines. Touch me, Ray. Please, touch me. The restraint the huge man who'd played a superhero and prize fighter had held himself back with snapped. As he kicked away the stool, she heard it crash against a file cabinet, circled around the massage table, and took her mouth. Lush and unapologetic, big fingers under her neck and tongue tasting her like it was how he could breathe again. With her arms trapped under the heavy flannel, all she could do was tilt up her head and give up her mouth. Let him lick and fuck it. She opened her eyes and saw how beautifully his thick black lashes lay against his cheeks. How painfully his brow was furrowed, like kissing her hurt him with how good it was. She gave a groan into his open mouth, helpless at the roar of want in her and the hand beneath her neck dragged down between her breasts, hooked into the flannel, and pulled it down and off of her. He pushed off the massage table and looked down at her naked body, like he was deciding which inch to defile first. When he licked up over that full bottom lip he'd made into her favorite kink, she whispered, raised up her knees, and squeezed her thick thighs together. Fuck yes, he growled. Without permission or hesitation, he shoved his hot hands between her knees and spread them, leaned over from where he stood near her torso and licked into her wet pussy. Oh my God, she yelped, slapping her hands down, one against his broad back, one against the massage table. He gripped her under knee his hands so big he could hold her leg like it was her wrist, and growled into her cunt, stay still. When he fit his mouth to her rose and wetness, there was no way she was staying still. She tried to grab on to the slick of the table the way she was grabbing onto his t-shirt as she arched her hips up against his mouth. Ray, Ray, Jesus, she called. It felt like he was trying to lick her soul out of her cunt. She always scheduled her massage during the office-funded happy hour she didn't attend, ensuring the office would be empty. She was so glad for it now, as she arched her back, nearly blind with the pleasure he was inflicting between her legs. She was certain she was about to come loud enough to break eardrums. Ray, 
she whispered, trying to warn him. There was nothing she could do about the nails she was digging into his back. Amor. Get it, he said, dirty. Between flat tongue licks. Do it. He added one of those thick fingers she'd watched trail across his lip in the conference room and, oh God, the deep penetration of it. He crooked it as he sucked. Ray, she screamed, hoping she didn't shatter the glass of her 38th floor office as she came. It would be a long way to fall. She knew movie star Ray Morgan would be there to catch her. Fuck, 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 baby, he cooed, honey-voiced, and hurting into her pussy, licking up what he'd done to her. Why do you always taste so good? Nothing got her movie star more desperate than getting her off. Fuck me, mi amor, she panted, the orgasm still trembling through her. I need you inside. He dug his fingers into her thigh hard enough to ache. Goddamn, he groaned. If my dick brushes my jeans, I'm gonna come. Then just turn toward me. Let me suck on it. She yelped a laugh when he bit her thigh. I'm a good Kansas boy who doesn't believe in spanking. But you make me change my mind. His drawl came out when he was worked up. You and your dirty mouth. She closed her eyes and shoved a hand under his t-shirt to trace over his magnificent back. You love my dirty mouth. Yes, I do, he said. He did straighten then and moved away from her, her hand trailing away from his body in an echo of the way his hands had trailed over her. That private instructor hasn't been teaching you Pilates, has he? She murmured. Why would I need to learn Pilates? His big hands wrapped around her thighs, gently this time, and he began to effortlessly pull her to the bottom edge of the table. It was a measure of their 22-year marriage that she'd never once questioned what he was doing at his twice-a-week class. Your doctor said it would be good for your back. She laid there, still glowing with her orgasm, as she heard him unzip his jeans. My doctor said less stress would be good for my back. And stepping away from punishing my body with an unnatural weightlifting regimen. She heard the strain in his voice as he got himself out of his boxer briefs. They always loved to talk through their lovemaking and the banality of marriage talk. For two kids who'd come from broken homes, somehow was always hot. He hooked her knees over his bent arms. Getting your high-octane brain to power down makes me less stressed. She opened her eyes as she felt him trace her seam with the smooth, hard head of his dick. The high table made her a perfect height to receive him. She looked at the gorgeous, thick-muscled, slopey-eyed man who graced magazine covers and inspired slash fan fiction and fathered her two children. I can't believe you did all of this for me. I didn't. He moved just the tip inside her and knew to stop. That was her favorite part. We wouldn't have gone with your group if it wasn't the best one. Movie star Ray Morgan had filmed his final superhero movie and had decided to take the first break from acting he'd taken 
since he arrived in California with his wife, who'd come to attend graduate school and new baby 20 years ago. For his health and the health of his family, he was pivoting to a less demanding acting schedule and a newly formed production company. A production company his wife's investment group was now a partner in. As he took the first gentle pulse inside her, Marisol sucked in a breath. It was a gift to me. His penis pulsed deeper and deeper into her. To see what you've accomplished here. He closed his eyes with a mild snarl and pushed with a grunt. To see how much your employees admire you. Her body was lulled by the slide of his words and cock. I'm not asking you to step away from this. He hit deep, and she ground herself on him. He pulled her hips into his body, unwound his arms so she could wrap her thighs around his jean-clad hips, and leaned over to cover her torso. He licked at her nipple before he kissed her lips. He pushed up as if to keep talking took a look at her mouth, then dove back down. He kissed her as he moved inside her, deep and wet and stroking. And she held him tight against her. With a hard thrust of his hips that made them both groan with pleasure, he pushed up onto his forearms. I would never ask you to step away from what you've worked so hard for, he panted, meeting her eyes. What I ask is that... He surged those powerful hips into her. You do whatever you need to do to make sure you live a long. He gripped her shoulders. Long life with me. She clenched onto him hard and he moaned. You can't, can't take care of any of us. He dipped his head and licked between her breasts as close as he could get to her heart. You can't take care of me or the kids or uh, your employees or the investments or damn, damn, baby, your brother or shit, not even the dog if you're not here. She sobbed into his pleasure-pained face and urged him to go faster with the movement of her hips. He shoved his arms under her body, cradled her head, and kissed her as he gave it to her without relenting. Her doctor had flagged her high blood pressure a year ago, concerned because of her relatively young age and family history. Marisol had barely had time to think about it, didn't want to think about it. But Ray had asked about the new medication she was taking. Then he started his Pilates class. Five months later, the assistant from his newly developed production company had made an appointment with her group. The wall that Marisol had originally established to keep Hollywood separate from her business, wives of successful actors were discounted as nothing more than pretty accessories, had become a wall she thought her worry could live behind. Siloed off, so the glorious, glamorous husband she adored would never have to see it. But before he'd become glamorous... Her husband had been the boy who'd delivered a cheese-only pizza to the crappy off-campus apartment she could afford for her and her brother, her first day of her freshman year. He'd taken one look at her and brought them every misordered or wrong-ingredient pizza he could get his hands on for five days. On the fifth day, while her brother was at school, 
She'd taken Ray's hand and walked him to her bedroom and made him the first and only man she'd ever given her body to. He'd always been glorious. She cried as she came now, her arms wrapped around his huge supportive shoulders. The sound he made as he pulsed and lurched inside her was somewhere between a groan and a sob and a laugh. Why are you laughing, she said, tears streaming down her face. He rubbed his own tears into her neck, his beard so beloved against her skin. You yelled, reallocate resources when you were coming. She punched his shoulder. I was trying to tell you I think I can share some of the load. Good, he said, breathing relief into her neck as he kissed it. Good. Lean on me, baby. She rubbed her hands up and down where she'd punched and held him close. I'm not giving up, Rondell, she said. Who do you think hooked me up with lessons? He murmured into her ear between licks. He'd be pissed if I put him out of a job. She'd still have her Rondell, and she'd still have it all. And she'd still have the tendency to try to carry too much. But now, she would do more to lean for the sake of all that she carried, on the strong superhero shoulders and occasionally aching 38-year-old's back of her mild-mannered movie star, Midwestern masseuse husband. The End This has been Touch Me by Angelina M. Lopez. Read for you by Stacy Gonzalez. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Angelina M. Lopez, for being with us this week and giving us Touch Me. We just really appreciate it. And thank you also to Carla for recommending Angelina to us. Um, up next week, we have, drum roll, da, 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 I can't do it, <laughs> Ophelia Martinez with Palpitation. We are so excited to have her with us. Again, this was also someone that Carla recommended to us. And we were just like, hi, how can we get you on the podcast? <laughs> that was just like my first question. Hi, how are you? Can we get you on the podcast? <laughs> it was all in one big thing. So we'll be back next week with all that. And that's it. That's it. Tell them what to do. <laughs> Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me